Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. I'm going to put out next episode of Sister Wives a little early for you guys. As you can tell from the intro music today, today's episode is season one, episode seven, titled Four Wives and Counting, and it revolves around Sabin and Cody's big wedding day where two soulmates intertwine as one. It's the big wedding and also the day that changed the Browns forever for good, never to be the same again. Cody the alpha male explains that today is the day before the wedding. So Cody is having a groom's night out and Cody is letting Logan tag along since he's pretty much a man. I'm sure there won't be beer or shots or strippers and it will be a pretty PG rated affair. Cody says since it's not a bachelor party, Logan is the only bachelor. But Cody clarifies a lot of the guys on this guy's night out are actually bachelors too. Cody says every once in a while you gotta go out with the guys and heal up and get away from all the estrogen. Fortunately, Cody says, he prefers the presence of women to that of men. That's very telling. Why is that? Because my guess is Cody likes to feel like he's the alpha male, in control, powerful, and around women he feels he can control and dominate and that feeds his ego. Whereas from what we've seen of Cody's relationships with men, he cowers and bends and is very submissive and supplicant, even in the face of blatant disrespect, like with Ken, for example. Cody treats men very differently to the way he treats his wives. Cody explains all the men that came to his party the night before the wedding are all his buddies and none of them are polygamists. One friend looks super fit and Cody has a pull-up bar. His friend does some reps effortlessly, undoubtedly showing off his strength for the cameras. And Cody in his tacky affliction or Ed Hardy button-up follows suit, copying his friend doing pull-ups as well. He struggles to do a few and Cody tells his friend, look at those guns, man. He's just making me look good. And him and his friend, who I suspect is his fitness trainer from the gym, high five. Another one of Cody's buddies, as Cody puts it, named Robert, is just chilling, sitting there, and he tells cameras he would be happy with just one normal woman, but Cody has got three. Cody tells Robert he has a bunch of single friends, girls, that are coming to the reception. Logan says they gossip worse than anything he has ever known. Cody says there were no dancing girls and no beer. Janelle says Logan is only 16, so there better not have been. Robin is at her rental the night before the wedding. She says at her bridal shower, she got this little something from the girls, meaning the grown women that are her sister wives. She refers to them as girls. They gave her a bag filled with stuff Cody loved, and they labeled it Cody's survival kit. Robin reveals the contents. There is a big bag of celery. Cody loves celery. She says every time Cody comes in the house, he's like, do you have celery? There is a rumor that is commonly touted as truth that celery is a negative calorie food, that it sort of removes calories when you eat it, and it is low calorie and healthy for you, but it doesn't minus calories. It's not a negative calorie food exactly, although it is very healthy, but I know lots of people believe that, and I wonder if that's why Cody loves celery. I don't know. I do know there was a scene last episode where Cody was enthusiastically cutting up plain celery to munch on at Robin's house as they were flirting away, so this isn't too surprising. In the survival kit, there is also salt. Robin explains, the boy loves salt on his food. He doesn't like pepper. She remembers one time making eggs and adding some pepper, and Cody mentioned, oh, you put pepper on it? Very disappointedly. He told Robin it was okay that Christine will show her how to make his eggs. Now, eggs are typically a breakfast food, 
So was he spending the night at Robin's rental and having breakfast in the morning? Because that's another little inkling that it's probable they may have had sex before marriage while the other wives waited. There is nothing wrong with sex before marriage, by the way. In my opinion, you should have sex. You should live with a person and know them mask on and off in every detail before marriage. But in this situation with the fiancé and... Cody having three other wives who all have different standards before marriage that would seem like disrespect to the wives. Now this is just pure speculation on my part. But last episode, Robin freaked when Mary said certain things like equal times with the wives on rotation should come after the marriage. And Robin freaked and she mentioned, you mean the thing referring to sex when none of the wives was even mentioning sex in any way. And she got very defensive and she mentioned it herself. Robin was 30 with three kids. They already kissed at the engagement. The other wives waited till the altar because it was inappropriate to kiss a married man that they were not yet married to. We also know she lived like five hours away and Cody would spend weekends. Last episode, Robin got incredibly defensive and mentioned the thing referencing sex herself and she was highly defensive. Now she's saying she made Cody's eggs wrong. I could be overthinking things. I myself sometimes will have eggs for dinner if I feel like it, but it's typically a breakfast food. So it's just one more inkling to add to the list that makes it even more likely and possible that standard in polygamy within the Brown family with the other wives waiting till sex after marriage was broken and possibly things happened before the marriage. It doesn't matter. I think premarital sex is normal. But in this case where three other wives have one set of standards and one wife gets another, that's unfair, unequal, and really disrespectful to Cody's other wives. Also, Robin got a huge wedding when Christine and Janelle felt since Cody was already married, it was more respectful and appropriate to do smaller family meals or get-togethers as weddings. Robin says Cody may come across as high maintenance, but he's worth it. She says he does the same thing for you. She says if you look at Cody and all of his other relationships, he tries to meet everybody's expectations and needs as much as possible. That didn't age well. Did Cody meet everybody's expectations when he told his wives they were obstacles to his goals in life? Did he meet everybody's expectations when he picked Robin's wedding dress and was super invested with all the wedding details just with her and not with his other wives? Or when he kissed her at the engagement while the other wives had to wait till marriage? Or when he decided Robin could get equal time, meaning his wives would get less time as just a fiancé when everything the wives knew was shifting beneath them with Robin's entrance and they could have used that one-fourth of the time spent with the fiancé Robin for Cody to make his wives feel more reassured and secure with all the change? Did Cody meet everyone's expectations with his C-19 mandates and living monogamy with Robin or when his son Gabe begged to have a relationship and open communication and Cody was like a brick wall giving nothing back to his son? What about when Cody didn't attend Isabel's surgery and he asked her initially to go alone and he had his then-wife Christine support Isabel through it alone, financially, physically, and emotionally? What about when Cody tried to suggest to Janelle that she kick out Gabe and Garrison because they had school and work and friends and could only follow CDC guidelines but not his mandates? Did he meet their needs by suggesting they were 18 and he's done all he can while Robin's kids well into adulthood? he was happy to have and provide a roof for because they obeyed his every whim? What about the needs of Mary and Christine? Mary made it known that she and Cody weren't intimate for over 10 years. And with Cody and Christine, Cody told Christine 
no sex until we see how your behavior is with the other wives, basically meaning Robin. Let's see if you can be a good sister wife, and then we'll see. Cody only meets his own needs, and if he gets blind obedience, he might throw a crumb or two your way, but his inability to meet others' needs and expectations is clear in everything he does. He couldn't even set his ego aside to give a crumb back to his son, Gabe, when Gabe tried desperately to have a good communication and relationship and get through to Cody. Cody demands to be the leader of the family, but he can't meet basic expectations at all. When it comes to expectations and needs, he falls short. Everyone should exceed Cody's expectations, and Cody falls short with most of his wives and many of his kids. In the survival kit left out on the counter, there appear to be a towel, Q-tips, starch for ironing, sunscreen, and hand sanitizer, as well as the salt and celery. If I was making a Cody survival kit, I'd have the name of a therapist and a divorce lawyer for the wife that has a legal marriage, and maybe Carmix in an antiviral script to keep the cold sores at bay. But that's just my opinion. Robin says, no pepper, no big deal, no sweat. She can do that. Cody is worth it. It's now the morning of the wedding, and Robin has a million things to do. She wants to have a blast. They will have a great time, and it's going to be a great family party, and everybody is going to love it, Robin says. I wonder how the wives feel having to go to this big, huge party, decked out, knowing this 100% means all they've ever known and all they adjusted to all those years ago will never, ever be the same, and they don't yet know what it will be like. I'm sure there was a little dread in each one of the pits of their stomachs. There were clouds rolling in on the wedding day, and it was getting dark, Mary says. Symbolism to the core. Janelle says she thought it would rain. Christine thought Heavenly Father wouldn't do that to them. She was joking, of course. She said it in a jokingly naive way. Mary says it was getting dark and gloomy. Christine says that wasn't metaphorically speaking. It was happening. Mary jokes, that's how my heart felt. Robin is steaming a dress, and she says she just decided if it's bad weather, it's bad weather, and she'll dance in the rain. But they have a bigger problem than the weather, Robin announces. The address on the wedding announcement or invitation, I believe she means, is wrong. WTF. How do you not check to be 100% sure before everything is printed and mailed that every last letter and comma and period is perfect on your invite? She jokes. She thought that meant the whole thing was off. What they have done to resolve this is they've called, texted, and emailed everyone they know, but Robin also came up with a creative backup plan. She made a jar. On it is a flyer taped on it saying attention in red and brown in brown celebration not here. And inside are little address cards with the correct addresses for guests who show up at the wrong address. The flyer says address was misprinted on invite. Please take the new address out of the jar. We will see you in a few. Thanks. There are a few punctuation errors and in my YouTube comments, I know I will just type and I don't always perfectly punctuate, especially on my tiny iPhone SE phone screen. But on the wedding jar flyer, I damn sure would. It's also obviously a glass jar of address cards, so there really isn't any explanation needed. The explanation kind of assumes her guests wouldn't be able to see through the huge glass jar of addresses and understand what it is automatically. Robin proudly explains how the jar even has a lid for rain protection. She even added a huge photo of she and Cody to catch people's eyes. It's an odd photo. Cody is seated on a step, legs wide open, and she is sitting beneath him on the ground between his legs. He has his arms draped around her, and she curls her arms up over his arms in a very weird pose. It's just very unnatural the way her arms are positioned. Cody brings Robin's kids in, and he lets Robin know Dayton took a bath, but Brianna needs a shower too. 
Robin tells Dayton he still has to take another shower because he didn't wash his hair. Cody tells Robin Brianna should go first because the wives will take Brianna to have her hair done with them. Cody extends his arm out and he puts his hand on top of Dayton's head and he walks him to the bath like that with his hand on top of his head, arm extended, walking Dayton at arm's length like Cody's arm is a leash and he tells Dayton, bath time. I didn't like that. It felt like he was telling him, sit like a dog or fetch. Why not ask, please go take a shower? Why physically walk him at arm's distance with your hand on this boy's head and say bath time? No, please, no nothing. Dayton wasn't acting up or disagreeing, and Dayton was old enough to communicate with, so I found that to be incredibly rude. Cody is all smiles, blushing. He's telling cameras he's 12 today. He's just excited. He's full of glee. He says he's just happy. He's 12. He's all smiles, blushing, and he says, there is not a care in the world. That right there shows you how little Cody thinks of his wives suffering. He knows how much pain this causes them, that it will shift everything his established wives and kids know forever, permanently morphing what exists and has existed for 20 plus years into something completely different. New and unknown for 17 other people. And Cody has not a care in the world because he's marrying his soulmate. He knows his other wives have a ton of insecurity, stress, and anxiety that comes with this, and they are full of fears and unknowns and stress, and it doesn't cross his mind. He is giddy, saying he's happy and excited and 12 today with not a care in the world. Robin explains that they are three hours away from the wedding, and she still has tons to do. Robin looks a little flustered, saying there is still so much to do. Cody asks if there's something he could do. Robin assigns Cody to go put the jar at the wrong address that was printed on the wedding invitations. Christine explains that while Cody and Robin had different things to do to prepare for their ceremony and reception, the three wives and kids went to the salon to go get pampered. Maddie says it was fun. It was the first time that most of them got to go to a hair salon. Mariah says the girls there were really nice. Janelle says they can't do anything on a small scale in their family. Cody is driving the jar to the wrong address and he says the clouds are killing him. Cody says if the weather isn't better, they may get rained out of an outdoor reception. Cody gets balloons per Robin's orders to mark and identify the wrong address. They show Robin at the salon getting her hair done. She says she was thinking about how much they have been through. She says she and Cody have been through tons, through a lot of trying to get everybody on board with the situation, meaning her, Mary, and Cody, and also with everyone being okay with her relationship with Cody and the emotions that go along with it. She says there are so many emotions that have been flying everywhere. Poor Robin that she had to endure that terrible obstacle to marry her soulmate. Of course there were emotions flying everywhere. Cody and his three wives were established and adjusted to each other before they even began having kids, and it's been 20 plus years without making adjustments to the status quo and the same dynamic. This is all the wives, everything they've ever known, and all the kids, everything they've ever known in the family, with Robin's entrance coming into the family changing completely, and their relationship changing completely, the dynamics changing completely, plus... Cody openly, constantly gushing about his love with Robin and Robin gushing as well, being very vocal about her love and over the top. And we also have the different standards for her and the different levels of investment with her, even the way that Robin expected and got equal time as a wife, as a fiance. All of that intensified and magnified all the fears that the wives already had. They knew everything they had ever known would never be the same again, that they will get less time, less presence from Cody, less communication and investment from Cody, who was so taken by Robin. 
And the way Cody and Robin were so in your face and obvious with the outpouring of love and the different level of investment and the different standards for Robin versus them, it made it that much more painful for his wife, specifically because of Cody and Robin's actions and behaviors throughout. So of course there were emotions flying everywhere. The wives don't know what the new normal will be, and that must be a ton of anxiety and stress and suffering. And they also know the whole family dynamic and hierarchy is shifting completely. And they don't know what to expect and what the new normal will be. They can sense that they are Cody's obligation. He is there out of a chore and necessity, like an item on a to-do list. While with Robin, he is invested and present and attentive and attuned, and he wants to be there out of love. It's not a chore or an obligation. They know this. They feel it. So Robin now complaining about all they had to go through for their relationship to be accepted and the emotions and how hard that is, is total bullshit and incredibly insensitive. If she handled herself differently and behaved in a way that was sensitive to the wives and Cody did that as well, it would have hurt less and caused less emotions. It would still be there. It would still be very difficult, but it would be a little bit less because the wives would have felt more reassurance and security had so much gushing about love and and manipulations and different standards with Robin not have happened in the way that it did if things were more equal and robin had the same standards as the other wives and they tried not to gush about it and they did not manipulate as much it would still be very hard on the wives they would still suffer greatly but there might be a little less anxiety and stress and more stability and reassurance felt by them the emotions flying everywhere and the struggle to accept the relationship by cody's three original wives that cody and robin complain about having to go through is caused and magnified by she and cody's behaviors pre-marriage it was always obvious who the favorite was any polygamist wife would have emotions everywhere it was insensitive of robin to even mention how hard it was to go through robin says if things work out the way they are supposed to she always wanted more kids and she and cody have talked about it as we know cody and robin do have two kids together saul and ari the sun comes out while robin is getting her hair done and she runs to the window overjoyed to announce it Cody is driving around with his one task of placing the jar of address cards in the location of the wrong address printed on the wedding invitations because it's amateur hour. I don't know anyone who would spend so much on an extravagant wedding and not triple check the invites. Cody was so involved with every wedding detail. So I'm pretty amazed that between the two of them, no one noticed to fix it or mail some type of correction to the guest list. Cody is having trouble finding the right spot. Mary calls Cody to be sure he is out trying to find the wrong address. I have a feeling Mary doesn't trust in Cody's ability to get this job done right. Cody tells Mary the location is a field. He says, field very weird, like feel is fill, field is filled. Mary says Cody is so lost, it's incredible. Cody insists he knows where he's at. He can find his way back. He assures the cameras he's not totally lost. This spot is totally lost. I have a feeling Cody has no idea where the spot is with other things in life as well. Finally, Cody finds the closest thing to the wrong address. He places the jar and hopes people show up to the right place. The jar took forever, so Cody had to race home to get ready. Robin is getting Dayton's bow tie straight. She asks if Aurora has her face clean, and Aurora responds, I don't know. Either Aurora washed her face or she didn't. She seems older than five, like she would know if she washed her face or not. But I don't have kids to know what's age-appropriate behavior for getting dressed and ready. So I don't want to judge, but just to me, that seems like a yes or no. How do you not know if your face is clean or if you've washed your face by kindergarten age? Robin says the day was crazy and hectic, one thing after another. 
Dayton is physically fighting with Aurora. He's trying to hit her and she's pushing him away. Robin asks her kids to please not fight. Robin says, oh my heck, that she's standing in the bathroom with the kids. And she asks, why am I alone? She asks, what was wrong with me? Why wasn't someone over here with me? Why didn't I plan ahead on this one? Mary says they only got their hair done and the pedicures and stuff because Robin said it was fine. Janelle says, really and truly, if Robin asked that for them to please come over and get the kids, she would have said, sure, no problem, but they did not know. Robin is fed up with her kids. She orders them out of the bathroom and to sit on the couch. She's applying mascara, and she says she is so glad God invented peripheral vision because she uses it constantly. But the bathroom is nowhere inside of the couch, so even with peripheral vision in the bathroom, she wouldn't be able to see her kids at all. Mary is all decked out in her coffee brown colored outfit and Cody is in his tux and she is putting on his bow tie for him and she is all smiles like she wants to go at it with him right then and there and he knows it and he tells her hi and you can feel the sexual energy between them. This must have been way before the sex stopped. Cody tells Mary she looks really good and she says he does too and they look like they want to go at it for sure. Mariah is standing right there. Cody tried to go in for a kiss as Mary was fixing his bow tie and he asks, are you going to kiss me? And he turns around when Mary starts laughing hysterically and she says she was going to say something funny. Cody awkwardly kisses her and Mary decides she will say it anyway. Cody asks what? Mary says, I wish it was my wedding night, and Cody and Mary start blushing and cracking up. They were definitely still hooking up at this point. You can feel the chemistry through the TV screen. Robin gets her kids in the car, and she reflects that it was like this big circus. The kids locked each other out of the car, and then they locked Robin out of the car as well. Cody says he didn't realize that Robin was so stressed out. He was just in oblivion, he says. That's nothing new. Cody always just thinks of Cody. His own feelings and emotions primarily from what we see on the show, in my opinion. Cody explains that they had a beautiful wedding ceremony. It was very private and the cameras weren't welcome because the religious ceremony is sacred to them. Cody says when it comes to their religious ceremonies, there are other people that they have to respect. Robin said the religious ceremony was very, very beautiful. There's a lot of love involved. There's a lot of acceptance involved and tears and hugs and it was gorgeous. Cody says the reception is actually the really big deal. This is where their guests come, where everybody will go to congratulate them on their wedding. At the reception, the first thing they did was get family photos. Mary suggested to Robin that she would love to have a family photo and for Robin to match the family and not be in her wedding dress. So Robin had a second dress made in brown that went with the other wives' dresses. Janelle wants to give a hats off to Mary because she is the one who will help the photographer fix the shot. Mary was hoping the photographer wasn't getting annoyed by her because she is a little bit too much of a perfectionist and she likes things just right. Christine jokes, what? What was that? As they are all sitting in confessional and everyone is laughing and Mary says they call her the picture Nazi. Didn't Cody also refer to Mary as the packing Nazi as well? She says they like it once they get the good pictures though. Cody says Mary is the picture goddess and he pronounces picture picture. As does Robin, as I've noticed, I think it's just a Utah dialect type of accent. I'm not sure. I haven't come across many people from Utah, if any, from Utah. Mary thanks Cody. She says she likes goddess so much better than Nazi. Brianna was acting up during photos, and Robin says that night, for whatever reason, Brianna decided to turn on her prima donna, and when she turns that on, Robin knows she's in trouble. Robin says, for whatever reason, this girl, she goes into her and Robin very insensitively mimics her child Brianna having a tantrum. 
Christine defends Rihanna. She says, honey, her life was changing. Robin says, if that's really what it is, then there's humongous changes almost every other day. It feels as though where Robin was annoyed at her child's tantrum, showing zero understanding, mocking her, Christine, the heart of the family and the nurturer, understood Brianna and her emotions and had compassion for them and understood where they were coming from. Robin says they were really concerned that people weren't going to come to the reception with the invitation address being wrong. Some guests show their address card from the jar on camera saying they indeed did go to the address on the invitation. Robin says as far as their extended family being filmed, like their parents or aunts and uncles, it wasn't something they were comfortable with. But everybody still showed up and it was nice. And Robin was glad to see everybody there that she really wanted to be there. After pictures, Robin changed from her brown family dress back into her wedding dress. She wanted to wear the wedding dress to show she was married. It then switched from family photo time to let's have a reception, baby, according to Robin. Cody thanks all the guests for coming. He says he appreciates their support and it's been very special to them. Mary Janelle and Christine present Robin with a welcome to the club gift, the clotter ring. Robin starts crying. She thinks Christine first, who lets her know it was Mary's idea first. And Robin turns and hugs Mary. Robin holds up the box with the clotter ring and she announces to all of the wedding guests that it's a brown family tradition to wear a clotter ring and she says she got browned. All the wives hold out their hands next to each other with their clotter rings on and Robin says it was kind of like she got into the sorority. Cody and Robin cut the cake and Cody says the cake fit in so well because everything was gorgeous. Cody cut a wrong part of the cake Robin wanted to save. I'm guessing some brides save their smallest tear in the freezer to eat on their one-year anniversary. Personally, I wouldn't want frozen cake that's a year old, but I get the sentiment. As Cody was cutting, she told him, no, 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 we're taking that. So I'm assuming that it's probably to freeze and save for the one-year mark like most brides do now. Cody awkwardly asks in front of everyone, I give her cake first with my fingers? And Cody said you would think he would be good at weddings by now since he's had four of them. And he's had so many. Cody starts feeding her a small piece of cake and then he starts shoving it in Robin's mouth, but Robin backs away. Christine recounts it animatedly on the couch and Janelle says she was so mad. Cody says he was being nice. Cody stops during confessional after Christine and Janelle discuss it and he says, wait just a second, sarcastically, and he apologizes to Christine by name, then Janelle, then Mary separately, making a big show of it. Cody asks, do I get a pass for being a Meshuganaplex for just 30 seconds? Meshugana means like crazy or batshit in Yiddish, I believe, and Putz is an idiot, of course. There's a band playing a pretty acoustic folk song as Cody and Robin do their wedding dance as husband and wife. I always have wanted to find this song, actually. I don't know what it is or if it's a cover or not, but I like the song and I wanted to hear it again. And I don't know what it is and I can't find it. Janelle says her experience coming into the family was nothing really like Robin's experience. Janelle says, honestly, when she made her decision to marry Cody, she lost the relationship with most of her family and friends because they were so appalled. They show a photo of she and Cody cutting their wedding cake, both wearing black. It looks like a small, tiny family gathering at a home from the photo. The cake is a small, two-tiered, late 80s or early 90s, outdated style cake. And they are both in simple black outfits that look like something you would wear to a funeral. Christine says her wedding was a lot different than Robin's reception as well. It was a really, really small, simple event. Cody and Christine both have white on in their wedding photo. Mary's wedding reception was a large event. Janelle chimes in that Mary served cream puffs at her wedding because she was there. 
As we know, she was there with Mary's brother, Adam, her first husband, before she married Cody. Also, Janelle's mom married Cody's dad and became Cody's mom's sister wife as well. Mary wore a white dress and Cody wore a white tux. Cody says his wedding reception with Robin was a coming out party for them as a family. This one event was really where most people would meet the Browns as they were as polygamists in a setting where they were fighting as an entire family out in the open for everyone to see. And the guests were coming to see the whole family. Christine says it's an absolute blessing and that's what the reception was. Christine says it was the perfect ending of a chapter. Cody says he wanted to say goodbye to each of his wives before he and Robin took off for their honeymoon. Janelle let Cody know she was leaving, so he walked her out. Then Christine wanted to go, and Cody said goodbye to her. Then Mary was ready to go, and Cody has his arm around her. He really does seem very genuine and authentic in this scene, and he tells Mary he loves her. He says he loves her deeply, he loves her truly, and he'll miss her. It's so sad to see that because you see him now and he wouldn't come around Mary, uh, touch her with a 10-foot pole. He doesn't even call her to check on her during COVID as the mother of his daughter. It's just really sad to see this. So he tells Mary that he loves her truly. He'll miss her. He's being very sincere. And Robin says Cody and Mary were walking away from the reception to go say goodbye to each other having this exchange and Robin saw them strolling and talking and Robin was walking up on them and she wanted to give them privacy and she tried to beeline out of there and Mary told Robin to wait and she hugged Robin and told her that she loves her. Mary says she was welcoming Robin into the family and Robin was welcoming them and Robin made it such a big thing and Mary appreciates that and she says it was really cool. Cody says it was beautiful to all of them. Christine says as she thinks about their future together, she looks forward to it very much. But what she looks forward to most is a big, big house with all of the wives having their own separate quarters within the one house like they have now where they can all be together. That's really what Christine is looking forward to most. When Cody brought up the one big house for Coyote Pass, Christine was the loudest voice of opposition. But I think as the dynamic shifted within the Brown family and Cody became less and less invested and more and more controlling, ultimately wanting monogamy with his soulmate, and Christine got so used to living in her own home and having more control and more autonomy and her way in her home and her own space, Christine realized she preferred that and that was easier for her and more conducive of an environment to thrive in. So that's an interesting shift to see in her at this point. She's dreaming of one big house and then developing into the strong woman who prefers more autonomy and her own home and her own space and her own voice until ultimately she left Cody as Cody became more and more manipulative and neglectful to try and force her to behave in the way he wanted. And the more he tried to control, the less she was able to allow. And I think Christine realized she wasn't seen as an equal to Cody and she didn't have 50% of the say. And once Cody removed all intimacy, that was just the final straw. We really see Christine's growth and development from this point to what we see now and such a contrast to, to that. And I really wish Christine all the happiness in the world now that she's left. Janelle says what she sees for them is the five of them sitting at the football games together, at the graduations together. She sees them now just going forward, doing things that center around their family with all five of them together. Mary says she would call her sister wives her best friends, and she looks forward to the time when they are all just so close that they just don't want to live without each other, that they want to call each other and tell each other about everything that is going on in their lives. Mary is curious to know what's next. I really feel for all these women. 
Christine blossomed and exited the toxicity. Janelle envisioned a strong family, everyone together for all the good stuff, the big events, the graduations, the football games, the five of them going through life together, and it's nothing like that now. Cody and Robin have basically lived monogamy, and Janelle has her family, and Mary has just herself barely attached to Cody anymore, and Robin and her kids are Cody's whole world, it seems. Mary has no idea how lonely she will be or what's in store for her, and even in season one, all she wanted was to be close with her sister wives and with the family, and now she has the opposite of that, and Cody is very cruel to her, he basically loathes her, and it's sad because the only people who got what they wanted were Cody and Robin. Christine blossomed and she is stronger and happier now, but Mary really doesn't seem happy. She has her friends and she has financial independence and success in that realm, but she refuses to leave despite Cody's behavior. Janelle is just happy with her kids. Cody isn't the center of her world, and she knows that the dream she had of the five of them going through life is dead now. It made me sad for these women, the end of the episode, knowing how things have gone. How Mary stays with not a shred of hope Cody will even be a good friend to her as the father of her child. Janelle is independent, and her world never revolved around Cody, and it doesn't now. But if Cody does too much, I believe she will go and not look back, and Christina's already gone. All because of Cody's ego and behaviors and actions that are increasingly manipulative and abusive. And he even went so far as to say that these wives that love him with everything they have are obstacles to his goals more than once. He's a very lucky guy to have such wonderful, loyal women, and all he had to do was be fair and attentive and present and understanding. They were always all in, and they were authentic with him, but Cody wasn't with them, and the fault lies with him. It really bummed me out hearing the wives' hopes for the future and seeing where things are now and Cody's behavior. Cody was really blessed. Janelle, Mary, and Christine are all good women who were loyal to Cody, and they genuinely loved him and tried to make it work. And to see Cody's behavior and tactics is horrible, and the destruction and the damage that he has done. I wonder when Cody will look at himself and see his faults and assess himself and accept the responsibility, if he ever will. The women signed up for this lifestyle believing in the faith, and whether or not Cody believes it now or he wants to live monogamy with Robin, he owes these women to try as much as they try with him. Instead, he has become increasingly narcissistic and egotistical and more and more of an asshole and increasingly bitter to his wives and kids because he wants just Robin. But he already signed up for this, and he's not stepping up to the plate and being a man and giving as much to these women and children and relationships as they give him. Instead, he is bitter and toxic and manipulative and neglectful and abusive, running off of his ego and hoping that he will ice out each wife enough that they will either fall in line and acquiesce so he can live as he wishes or so they will leave. And it's really fucked up the way he will emotionally neglect and abandon his wives and kids and manipulate and use abusive tactics to control or alienate them. It's incredibly cruel and unfair to these women and to his kids as well. It's sad and such a waste for him to behave as he does. The ending really bummed me out big time. I really feel for his wives. It's so unfair to them. That does it for this episode of Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Next week, I'll be covering Season 1, Episode 8, The Sister Wives Special. I'm not sure if I'll cover that this weekend or next week since I'm putting this episode out a little early before the weekend. We'll see.
Thanks so much for listening. If you guys can please like and subscribe if you don't mind. I'm going to try to only have the subscribers notified of just the Sister Wives episode and related bonus stuff relating just to Sister Wives rather than the Grays and Seeking Sister Wives. I will try to remember when I post those videos to not alert my subscribers in the subscriptions feed so you guys will get less notifications. I know how annoying that can be, but sometimes I do forget that I have that option to click to not notify subs when I post uh, other content other than Sister Wives. I know it's annoying to receive many alerts and most of you just want alerts for the Sister Wives content. So I'll always try to remember not to notify subs for the other content on my channel. So sub up if you can. I'd really love a community tab. And please let me know your comments and insights on the episode in the comment box. I love all of your insights on my commentary. And as always, like I always say, it gets me thinking from different angles that I might not otherwise have pondered. And I appreciate that. Thanks, you guys. See you guys soon for another episode of Sister Wives, either this weekend or most likely next week. For any of you that watch the Gray's commentaries, I typically put those out late Thursday or Friday, so you probably won't get a notification, but it will be posted up on my page along with Seeking Sister Wife at some point when I get to that. Thanks, guys. See you guys soon. Bye.